here at Allens, they want you to learn and they want you to enjoy yourself. Go for it and keep your mind open. But a mentality of celebrating difference. Pro bono is a really important element. You play a pretty critical role. The work we do towards reconciliation, sustainability and philanthropy. God, my friends have taught me so much during this experience. Got off the train and I was like, Elle Woods arriving at Harvard. <laughs> I was just like, this is my moment. If you have a smile on your face and you're willing to get stuck in and apply yourself, then you'll bring so much value. I'm Mel. I'm Talia. And this is Alan's Confidential. Welcome back to another episode of Alan's Confidential. I am one of the hosts, Talia Rodriguez, and I have just settled in the disputes and investigations team here in Sydney. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Melissa Camp. I have recently settled in the competition and consumer practice in Sydney, and my pronouns are also she, her. We'd like to begin today's episode by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Gadigal people of the Aurea Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. So having just settled into the competition, consumer and regulatory practice, I'm very excited to bring this episode to you today. For those of you who joined us at our clerkship nights last year, you may remember that we asked you to drop your name tags into a box to let us know which team within the firm that you wanted an episode on. And whilst I am extremely biased, I was feeling very validated to hear that the team that you did want an episode on was competition, consumer and regulatory. Noting I had to take your vote out of the box because that doesn't count. I just said I was biased. (laughs) I'm just making it really clear. (laughs) So I'm very excited to get stuck into this episode today. But first, I'll hand over to our guests to introduce themselves. Jackie, do you want to go first? Thanks, Mel. So my name's Jackie Downs. I'm a partner at Allens and the National Practice Group Leader of the Competition Consumer and Regulatory Group, and my pronouns are she, her. Thank you, Jackie. And Lloyd? Hi, Mel. Hi, Talia. My name is Lloyd Hudson. I am a recently settled lawyer in the Competition Consumer and Regulatory Team in Melbourne, and the Competition and Consumer Team is a national practice with the other part of the team being in Sydney. My pronouns are he, him, and I'd also like to acknowledge the Wanjiri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land I'm on today, and pay my respects to elders both past and present. Thank you both for joining us. The first little segment before we get into competition, we wanted your nightmare fuel. So we want an embarrassing story, can be as recent as you like. Lloyd, we might kick off with you. My embarrassing story is from my grad year and it was my first client call Excellent and and at that time we were in lockdown so did quite a lot of my grad year in in Melbourne's lockdowns and I logged on maybe three minutes before the meeting was starting thinking that I was really prepared but realized that this was one of those meeting invites that the client had circulated, not one that we, Alan's, had circulated. And the client was using Zoom, whereas Alan's, we, we use Microsoft Teams. And so I realized this kind of two minutes to four. So I was frantically downloading Zoom and trying to get in there. So I wasn't late to my first client call and kind of got in. All was okay. I was a couple of minutes late, but quickly realized that ordinarily, you know, our team's background at Alan's would be blurred. And so you wouldn't be able to see my share house in the background. But on this occasion, Zoom's default setting meant that the background was not blurred. And um, at the time I was living in a share house, it was locked down. So me and my housemates were having themed dinners most weekends to keep us occupied. That weekend, we just had, you know, sort of around the world themed party and had bunting stringing up on the wall from behind me, which you <laughs> could clearly see. And I just sat there thinking, this is not a good start for my first client call. Flags of the world themed party. <laughs> 
I just thought, oh gosh, I'm off to such a bad start, but <laughs> I'm pleased to report that has not happened since. Make sure the background is firmly blurred every time you enter a call from here on in. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Lloyd. And Jackie. So I'm going to go way back to also my first or second year as a lawyer when I was doing an ex parte application in court, rushed off to court, we're going through the affidavit with the judge and it's getting a bit confusing because we're talking about page numbers and he's reading out the wrong language and then all of a sudden it dawns on us that he has the wrong version of the affidavit. Um, So there was a short adjournment and I did a massive sprint back into the office to get the right later version version of the affidavit, which we filed in court and proceeded. (laughs) Getting stuck into the topic of our episode today, we're going to turn to Jackie for our first question, which is how you would describe the competition consumer and regulatory practice to students, as we appreciate that not all students might have the opportunity to study both competition and consumer law at uni, and it might help to give them some context to what we're actually talking about today. Yeah, sure. Well, where do I start? So, The competition consumer and regulatory practice, as its name suggests, is a specialist practice which focuses on competition and consumer law in Australia, particularly under the Competition Consumer Act. But having said that, despite being a specialist kind of area of law, it's extremely wide ranging in its application and the type of work we do, which is what makes it really interesting. So broad range of matters that we work on will include merger clearances where we're applying to the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, the regulator, the most relevant regulator for a clearance of a merger. We'll provide advices about whether various uh, agreements or conduct that clients want to undertake is compliant with the law or whether it might involve um, misuse of market power or anti-competitive conduct. We also will act in ACCC investigations into breaches of the law, which can include cartel conduct, and that these days can also be a criminal matter. And then on the consumer side, we advise on a range of issues there and enact in ACCC proceedings and a range of matters there, including misleading and deceptive conduct, unfair contract terms, um, remedies for faulty products and so forth. So a pretty wide ranging set of issues. It's also unique in that it sort of straddles both a transactional and litigation practice. So many of those types of work I mentioned are in the transactional space, like M&A clearance work, but also we will run litigation ourselves. So it's good for those of us who actually do like a bit of transactional and litigation work and aren't wedded to one or the other. And I suppose a final thing I'd say about why it's um, competition law and is really interesting is it's an area of law where you really need to get to know your client's business. You have to be able to describe what your client does, the products and services, who its competitors are, who the market is, and you need to understand all of that in order to advise clients and also to engage in advocacy with the ACCC or get the merger through the ACCC. So That's what competition consumer law is about. That was a really great overview of the work, Jackie. I think I'd just add that it's also a relatively small team as well at Allen. So as opposed to sort of your disputes or your M&A type teams, which can be on the larger side, the competition team is pretty small. So I'm in Melbourne and here we've got three partners and probably 15 to 20 broader team members. So it's got that smaller team vibe to it as well, which is really nice. I think my first introduction to consumer law was working in retail and having customers say, I'm going to take you to the ACCC. And I would nod and say, okay, I don't, I don't know what that means, or what that threat entails, but sure. And that inspired me to take consumer law as a student. Um, and it was really interesting, but I don't think I realized how much 
there is to it and how it extends into competition and reg work as well. It's not just a faulty product and someone yelling at you because of the warranty. There's actually a lot more to it. <laughs> Certainly that can come in handy sometimes. Yes, Italia, that's very true. To say. Real life practical experience. <laughs> I think as well, you always hear about this word commerciality when you're going through the clerkship process and kind of have no idea what that actually looks like in practice. And I think the competition consumer and regulatory team is a really good example of a team that really applies that in practice because you do need to understand, as Jackie said, the commercial environment that your clients are operating in and kind of the whole big picture. So I find that really interesting about the team. And definitely if it's a team that you're interested in, that's something to keep in mind. We'll turn now to the minutiae of your role. I think sometimes what we do can seem a little bit elusive and students don't really understand the day-to-day work that we do. Lloyd, could you just tell us about your day and what you got up to? Yeah, sure, Talia. It definitely differs day to day. I'm working on a dispute at the moment, a competition dispute. And so most of my work relates to that matter and preparing for trial. So today I came in, we usually go for coffee in the Melbourne office. Excellent (laughs) We do that in Sydney as well. We call it the CCR coffee train. (laughs) Okay, good to hear you also drink coffee in Sydney. (laughs) So the CCR Melbourne coffee train kicked off this morning. So we went and got coffee, came back. I'll usually start the day by sorting through my emails, seeing kind of recent correspondence and developments on the matter, sort out my to-do list and kind of get everything in order for the day. I did that this morning and then I drafted a letter to the lawyers on the other side. So we do a bit of that work in competition as well because we do run disputes sometimes separately to the disputes team and sometimes together, but we do that sort of disputes work as well. So that was the morning. Then we had a training this morning. So for lawyers at a junior level in the competition team, we have a bit of a tailored training program over the course of the year. So today was on the part four provisions, which is the section of the Competition Consumer Act, which contains the key sort of provisions and contraventions relating to competition law. So that was really great. This afternoon, I've been looking at documents to determine whether they're helpful or harmful to our case and feeding that to senior people in the team, which forms our approach to the case and our thinking around the strategy for the trial and the like. So that's been today. Turning to you, Jackie, I imagine your day looks quite different as a partner to what it does for us first year settled lawyers <laughs> in the team. So what have you been up yeah, to during yeah. the course of your day? Yes, no, Mel, and certainly it has changed over the last 25 years. And some days definitely it does feel like I'm just in back-to-back teams meetings, many of which aren't even on matter. Talking about today, I did have a little bit of a clearer day, so perhaps more interesting than usual. So after the fridge repair man came and gone from my house and I made it, <laughs> into work. I actually had a meeting free morning until 12.45, which is slightly unheard of at the moment. Wow. So that was an excellent way for me to come to grips with a draft complaint the client is making to the ACCC about the behaviour of a competitor. So I really got to to grips with a draft there and managed to send that off to the client, which had been hanging around for a few days. I then actually had coffee with a law student who might be looking at a clerkship later this year. She reached out to me. 
So that was nice. Then this afternoon, I was working with one of our SIs in Melbourne on some correspondence with the ACCC and client on an ACCC inquiry that we're doing. And, and I suppose that's just a good segue to also mention that we do work very nationally as a team. I think Lloyd's working with, on his piece of litigation, a number of lawyers and partners in Sydney, and I will work um, variably with a number of lawyers and partners in Melbourne. So we are a, a very close team and we do work together. Finally, just before coming up here, I had a like a client care teams meeting with a number of other partners and some senior lawyers about a reappointment to a client panel. And so that's great news and kind of some suggested kind of business development going forward from that. Sounds like a great day. You mentioned that a client was drafting a complaint against a competitor. Mm. Does that mean, do you have favourites? So for example, if we're working for <laughs> if we're working for Pepsi and Pepsi's drafting a complaint against Coke, do you then only drink Pepsi? Like does your work kind of have an impact on the products that you consume? Yes, sometimes it does. Yes. When you've been working with a client for 25 years, as I have for some of my clients, there is a sense of loyalty yeah, that brand comes, loyalty. <laughs> comes with that in your personal life. And also I feel like as a partner or as a lawyer, really in many ways, it's good to have an understanding of your client's products as well. Within reason, yes, Talia, I will, <laughs> I will uh, choose my client's products. Turning back to you now, Lloyd, I'm curious to hear what your favourite part of the competition consumer and regulatory team is and what kind of led you to settle in the team because I know that I have my reasons for doing that and I personally am very biased and love the team. So I would love to hear from you your reasons. Thanks, Mel. On the work side, I really like the subject matter. So that obviously played a big factor for me. I studied competition and consumer at uni. Then I also did commerce and majored in economics as well. So I kind of always thought, oh, this will be a nice intersection for me one day. So that's on the work side. And I did my clerkship in the team and then did my grad year in the team. And that sort of confirmed, oh, this is an area of law that I'm interested in. And also there was a decision point around, oh, do I want to do kind of a specialized area of law or do I want to be more generalist and work in the disputes team, for example, and kind of went back and forth on that. And, you know, either choice would have been a good option, but thought, no, you know what, this area is an area that I really like and I want to hone in on that. So that was kind of on the work side for me. In terms of the people, that was a massive factor as well. The competition team in Melbourne is just a really beautiful, happy team. You know, it can be busy, of course, and you know, it can be hard work sometimes as well, but everybody in the team is genuinely friends and connected and we hang out a lot outside of work. I forgot to mention as part of my day that I've been also planning a picnic for us in a couple of weeks. So that was actually a task of mine. That's project management. That's what that falls under. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's a, a really lovely team. And I think, you know, people outside of the team comment, oh, you guys are so happy all the time. Like, what's going on? And yeah, I just feel super grateful to work in a team like that. So it was kind of people plus work good decision for me. I agree with the happiness point. I know since settling back in the team recently, I've had a number of comments made to me as I've been walking around the floor in Sydney, people saying, you look really happy. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I am really happy. There's got to be someone out there. <laughs> There's got to be someone. I think another thing that you mentioned, Lloyd, was that the team is a bit more of a specialist practice. But within that, I think 
our clients are from every different sector as well. So while it's a specialist subject matter, it is really generalist in the type of things you are dealing with. On any given day, you could be working with a retail like clothing provider through to a food provider, through to an industrials provider, an energy provider, whatever the case is. And that's really interesting as well because you're just learning so much about all sorts of different products and services. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. And I think also the other interesting part of competition law is that it's kind of happening overseas as well. There's always stuff happening with regulators and other jurisdictions and litigation that we keep an eye on or market studies or new pieces of legislation happening overseas. And it all kind of interacts in this really cool way. And so there's sort of an unlimited amount of information that you can get into if you practice competition law, but also if you don't, if you're just interested as well, there's always a lot going on. Thank you, Lloyd, for a lay of the land and an overview of what we are looking at. Turning from what Lloyd said, Jackie, that's a really nice segue into the international opportunities that the competition team offers. What does that look like and how can you pursue these international opportunities stemming from the competition team? There are a lot of international opportunities in competition law. As Lloyd said, it is an international field of law and the concepts, the law itself might differ a little bit in different jurisdictions, but the concepts are broadly the same. And so it's actually a really transferable practice to London or New York or Washington. And we have many lawyers who are working in in London in particular. So yeah, there are definitely a lot of international opportunities if you do competition consumer law. I might add to that as well, just around study overseas. You can certainly before or during your career go overseas and do a master's in competition law, or you could do it in economics for competition lawyers, that sort of thing as well. So there's some nice study options overseas as well, I think. Definitely. Even in Australia, the University of Melbourne offers a master's in global competition and consumer law as well, which looks at kind of the competing competition law considerations in the US, the EU and Australia and kind of gives an overlay of how all of the theories overlap, but then also where the courts have taken slightly different approaches. And that's also really interesting if people are particularly passionate about the subject area like all of us are. How do you know that, Mel? It's a lot of information you have there on the master's program at the University of Melbourne. Are you moving down here, Mel, are you? No, but I am coming down to visit. Oh, when? Um, August and October. Nice. Well, I'm excited to catch up. Yes. Very Interrupt exciting. her studying. <laughs> Jackie, we might turn to you now. You're not only a partner, but you're also the national practice group leader for the team. How have you seen the competition and consumer and regulatory practice evolve since you started here at Allen's and where do you see it going in the next few years? I should start by saying that it was actually in my summer clerkship at Allen's as well, just a few years ago, that uh, I also (laughs) was first exposed to competition law and decided to change kind of tact in terms of what I was thinking of as kind of an area of law I wanted to practice in because it really sparked my interest and I thought it was, was fantastic. And so I have really been doing competition law for many years now. And in some ways it's changed and in some ways it hasn't. I think the competition has certainly grown in its visibility. I think certainly when I was a grad lawyer, we didn't even have a competition team at Allen's as such. There were kind of partners who did competition law that might have been in the commercial group or in litigation. But when I was in about my third or fourth year, we brought everyone together as a standalone group. And I think that was kind of the point of time at which competition law really started to take off. And over the years under a 
few different shares. The ACCC has just become increasingly aggressive, both on the merger front and in investigations. And one of the newer areas as well, which has become really interesting for us is around um, inquiries. So you may have read quite a bit about the digital platforms inquiry, where the ACCC has spent a number of years now doing deep dives into various areas, platforms like social media, In fact, the social media report came out recently. Hashtag ad. That is something else we did today, actually. We (laughs) sent around some summaries of the social media. Yeah, Yeah. all the influencer clients. And sort of other areas. So that's something that we're involved with. On the merger front, an example, you know, of the ACCC's kind of aggressive attitude was uh, the TPG Vodafone case that we were involved with a few years ago where the ACCC effectively blocked that. TPG and Vodafone appealed that decision to the federal court and we acted for for Vodafone on that appeal and won that case. The cartel front is also one that's really developed. I mean, certainly there were no criminal sanctions when I started out and that has really changed the face of cartels and cartel investigations. And another big matter we worked on was a alleged cartel in relation to banking and financial services, which uh, actually eventually was taken on as a criminal matter, however, was dropped by the CDPP last year. And so that certainly, I think, got the attention of a lot of companies around cartel issues having such a high profile cartel matter. And I think, you know, we have a new chair of the ACCC this year, and she's certainly taking on that more aggressive approach to competition and consumer enforcement. And for those students who are listening who may not know what cartel conduct involves, can you give us a quick overview of what that is? Yeah, sure, Mel. So cartel conduct is conduct between competitors where they might agree on the prices they're going to charge. So what we might also be called price fixing, but it can be extend broader than that. It can also be customer allocation. They might agree with each other that they will, you know, each kind of divide up the market and only supply certain customers or only to supply to certain areas. So that sort of conduct is prohibited outright. It is illegal and potentially subject to criminal sanctions, including jail time if you're an individual, rather than some other areas of competition law are subject to kind of what is the impact on competition. But basically, it is outright illegal for competitors to agree on prices or customer allocation. Flagging that cartels does not refer to narcos in the Netflix show. (laughs) That's what I thought when I was a student and I learned very quickly that they are not the same thing. It's a similar kind well, different of discrete, different types of cartels. Yeah, that's true. Different industries. Still perhaps. discreet, still <laughs> yes. underground, but um, different goods and services, I that's, would say. That's very true. <laughs> that's correct. The social media report is actually really interesting. I did a brief report on that, but from a disputes perspective when I was in IP and how it would affect our clients and, and obviously their, their copyright and trademarks and whatnot. And I had to explain to a room of 20 people, majority of who are senior to me, how Be Real worked. So if you're listening and you're probably a student, you probably have a very good understanding of what Be Real is. And that was a very humbling moment for me. (laughs) I had a moment when I was reading the social media report when the report said that people over 25 were unlikely to have switched from Meta to TikTok. And I thought, I'm over 25 and I haven't switched from Meta to TikTok. (laughs) And then I had a bit of an internal panic about my age, but that's fine. We're here now. Quarter life crisis incoming. We'll turn to you now, Lloyd, to end the episode. And the question that I have is, what advice would you have for any students who are interested in trying out competition, consumer and regulatory team for their clerk rotations or coming into a graduate rotation? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of things you can do. Obviously, if you're early enough in your studies, you can study competition and consumer law at uni. But there are a number of people on the team who don't do that and haven't studied 
competition and consumer at uni or don't have an economics major and that's absolutely fine as well. You can definitely just read up, subscribe to various news alerts and keep up to date with what's happening with the ACCC in Australia and overseas if you're interested in, in that sort of thing. And then obviously just reach out to people who you might know who work in the area and talk to them about the work and express interest in trying out the team on a, on a clerkship or doing a rotation if it comes to that as well. So that would be my few tips there. So if you're in Sydney, that actually translates to get a coffee with Mel and she will always say yes. No. <laughs> I'd love an excuse for a coffee and to chat about comp. <laughs> and by the sounds of things with the uh, CCR Melbourne coffee train, reach out to Lloyd and he will also very happily get a coffee with you. As an aside, we also do some targeted training in the competition and consumer team as well for graduates and rotating lawyers and anybody else in the team as well who wants to refresh up. And we do those sort of nationally across key areas of competition and consumer law. So merger review, the Australian consumer law, the part four provisions, which contain some of the key competition contravention sections and some other practical skills as well. We also do tutorials across the year, which are more hands-on case study type workshops, quite like a tutorial at uni. And that's run by generally a senior associate will run those in team groups. And that's a really good way to engage in the content. And it can also be a really good way to get everybody up to speed and on the same page if people haven't studied competition and consumer law at uni or you know, they don't have an economics background or whatever, it, it doesn't matter because everybody goes through the same training program. Well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for your time today and your insights. Um, we know you're both very busy and we really appreciate what you can tell our prospective clerks and students alike um, about the team. Thank you both so much. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having us.